last month was Mental Health Month, and considering all things that are occurring recently, I thought it would be great to use my podcast to help y'all and myself get some mental clarity during this time. Um, So I thought while discussing mental health in this episode, it would only be appropriate to bring in a gorgeous professionals. So from Coffee with Counselors, I've got Lisa and Alex on to give us some insight we are needing during the stressful AF time. So hey guys, I'm so excited that you guys are my first guests. So can you guys introduce yourself and then also tell us what you guys are drinking today for the podcast? Okay, so my name is uh, Lisa Atkinson, and I am a licensed professional counselor in Texas. Um, I've known Alyssa for a while, um, so very excited to be your first guest. Um, And I am drinking um, Smith & Hook Cab, one of my faves. Um, So you guys should check that out if you don't know about it. I love Cab. That's my favorite. Yes, (laughs) Smith & Hook, super smooth. And hi, everybody. I'm Alex. I am drinking uh, Stella Rosa Black today. And I'm also a licensed professional counselor in Texas. Awesome. And so I'm drinking my cab from Dark Horse, which is pretty much my fave so far. Um, I like how it kind of tastes like berries. I'm kind of like a berry girl when it comes to wines. So I like that flavor. So cheers, Lisa and Alex, thank you for being my first guest. And we're about to hit this mental health podcast episode. I'm excited. Yes. So cheers to that. So good. So obviously you guys just explained, you know, that you guys are counselors. I wanted to ask each of you guys, you know, what, where you guys are practicing and how long each of you guys have been practicing and what are your areas of experience like? What, what do you, you know, have the best experience in in certain areas of mental health? Okay, so um, Alex and I um, have been actually practicing both for six years in the mental health field. We um, actually met in grad school. So um, it's been several years and we started Coffee with Counselors, our Instagram page, um, last month as it was Mental Health Awareness Month and it just took off and, and we're going to continue out throughout the year Um for years to come, hopefully. Um, so our current practice, we're both individually contracted, um, meaning that we don't have our own. So we're basically a solo practice each. Um, we do uh, contract work in the same um, building, and that is Pina Costa Counseling out of Mission, Texas. Um, and I have experience with mainly teens and adults who struggle with um, depression, trauma, anxiety, and I have a history in inpatient treatment. Um, so I work with individuals who have self-harming tendencies. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and most of my experience um, is with children, adolescents, and family counseling. So a lot of parenting strate- strategies, behavioral issues, anxiety, uh, self-esteem, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That all seems, you know, I think sometimes when people think about, you know, what counselors are doing, it's not like, oh my God, I'm just really sad. Like some, you know, you guys are really hitting hard on things that people are really experiencing that they really need an outlet for. And this is really such a good thing that you guys are doing. Um, so I started seeing a therapist, um, after my breakup because I forgot how amazing I was. But what are appropriate reasons to seek therapy if you are not having, obviously, 
PTSD issues of like a child or, you know, you know, self-harming issues? What is like a point that you should seek therapy if you're kind of have a breakup or like something at work is stressing you out? What would you say is like appropriate or is there anything even, does it need to be appropriate? What would you guys think? So, um, one, I'm glad that you started seeing a therapist and you know how amazing you are because you definitely are. Um, But um, there are several reasons, obviously, that would alert you automatically to know, hey, maybe I should talk to somebody, reach out to somebody. So, I mean, some obvious reasons. I think you hit it right there on the nail. Work stress, a breakup, things like that. So extreme sadness, feeling worthless, um, maybe intense anger, maybe you experience a a trauma um, recently that you need to talk to somebody. I mean, the list can go on and on. But to be honest, um, there isn't a specific reason you need to go to therapy. Therapy can be good for anyone and everyone. And so it promotes personal growth. You can understand more about yourself. And it's nice to talk to someone outside of your circle, to be honest, and in a casual judgment-free zone. So really, therapy is for anybody. You don't need a specific reason. Alex, do you have any insight on that too? Um, yeah, I, I would say, like like Lisa said, a lot of, you know, just general adjustments to life, big changes that go on, um, even if they're not that big, but it kind of came out of nowhere, or maybe you're not really sure how to deal with a certain situation can cause a lot of stress and maybe feelings of anxiety or just feelings of being overwhelmed. So any of those things can be a good reason to seek therapy. Yeah, I feel like a lot of, I think like everyone really has anxiety and stressors and I think like sometimes we just like think like oh I just have to get over it but sometimes like you don't like sometimes it's so hard to really kind of push yourself or even like when your friends tell you things I feel like sometimes I don't even listen to my friends like even though I'm like help me like I know something is wrong and they tell me advice and I'm like I won't listen to them it's insane Goes in one ear off the other. Exactly. Right. It's good to see someone outside your circle. <laughs> yeah, it feels way better. Like, it feels so good. Um, so like when people are triggered with like stress or frustrated easily, what things would you suggest for people to do in those situations? Like, are there exercises that you guys, um, you know, tend to give clients or, um, or just to like leave the situation in general? Like, what do you guys suggest to do? So there are exercises that that can help in those kind of situations. So there's uh, grounding techniques, there's like deep breathing, relaxation. Uh, But typically, you would try to remove yourself from the situation in general, depending on what the situation is. Now, I wouldn't ever tell somebody to avoid situations. But when you're in a heightened emotional state, it's probably not the best time to address something that's causing those high levels of emotion. So um, deep breathing, grounding, uh, a grounding exercise that I typically share is uh, it's uh, taking a deep breath and kind of tuning into your body and your environment uh, and uh, identifying five things that you can see, four things that you can feel, three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell, and one thing that you can taste just to kind of focus in on the present moment instead of everything else going on. Oh, that's so good. I know like my therapist also tells me to like um, come up with like three things. Like if I'm kind of struggling with something, it's like come up with three things that I see like that I want, that I, that I feel like will benefit me, that, you know, something that I, and then like also things that don't benefit me that I currently am doing. 
Um, and it's kind of a realization, like you already know the stuff, like you already know <laughs> that stuff is not okay for you, but you still do it. And then when somebody tells you that you don't know, and that you're like, oh my God, really? <laughs> like that's, that's what I've been doing wrong this entire time. So um, why do you guys think that there's such a stigma around seeking therapy? Because I know, you know, growing up Hispanic, I think that like people think you're insane. Like, uh, well, you're just insane. But we all, I mean, I don't know if this is like all Latinos, but like I definitely have some feisty energy. I get real riled up. So I feel like why, why do other Latinos or like people just in general have such a stigma around it? Do you guys have any insight on that? Yeah. So like, like you said, I mean, Hispanic culture, I know you talk a lot about the Hispanic culture on your podcast. Uh, I mean, obviously cheese men wine, right? Right. Get so, that cheese <laughs> so, I mean, if you think about it in the Hispanic culture, um, we grew up, you only cry if you're a baby or if you cry, you're weak. Um, going to therapy, people think you're quote unquote crazy, or it means that you're flawed. And, and I mean, it doesn't mean any of those things. And also, I mean, no one wants to talk about what's going on because if you talk about what's going on with you, then people will know something's wrong with your family and your family's not quote unquote perfect. Um, right. So yeah. yeah, there's yeah. there's a ton of reasons, but I, I mean, you hit it right there on the nail with, with the Hispanic culture. Yeah, I think like a lot of families are like, what will people think? Like they're going to think you're freaking crazy. So like we're not going to say that you therapy. I think that that's something that's always like a little bit sketch. But I mean, it's so beneficial because, you know, people really do need kind of that outlet to kind of feel better if there's something that they're struggling with. Um, so considering the circumstances that are happening currently, you know, what are some healthy things to do to educate ourselves and others on alleviating stress and anger? You know, I know with like COVID happening and, you know, the Black Lives Matter um, movement, I think that a lot of things are a little bit kind of stressing us and getting us a little bit riled up. So, um, you know, what do you guys think are healthy things to do during this time? Uh, well, I mean, one thing you can do is follow our page, Coffee with Counselors. I know mm. we try to <laughs> we yes, try to plug post that. <laughs> we try to post a lot of things that are a little more um, informative, but yet also post things that kind of keep you grounded, kind of keep you um, looking at the more positive uh, things in life. Also, little affirmations, things like that. So, social media can help in some ways because there's a lot of pages that that post those uh, more positive uh, notes or um, affirmations for everybody to have those reminders. But then there's also those social media pages that have just an overload of information. So I would say staying informed is important, but not over-informing yourself. So a lot of people can get carried away with the research and with continuously searching, you know, for more information and everything's so every page that you look at is going to be so different that it gets overwhelming for right. everybody. Yeah. I think that also it's kind of fresh. I think it frustrates people too, when there's so many things that we don't agree on with other people. And then it's just like, it's like, you know, why do you think that? Tell me why you think that it's like <laughs> everything kind of gets into a little bit of fluster. Like, Oh, all of a sudden you're a, you got your MD from Facebook 
medical school <laughs> and now you know <laughs> that this is this crisis is not that serious you know like what so yeah I think like I do I do stay very informed you're right I stay so informed with social media but then I all also I get like insanely stressed out. (laughs) I talk to a lot of my clients about scheduling how long you're going to keep yourself up to date and what outlets you're going to use to limit yourself. Because like you said, there's a lot of people on Facebook, on Instagram that think all of a sudden they're doctors and that (laughs) never went to med school. So there's all these crazy like remedies for COVID, for example. And so yeah, limiting that exactly what Alex said. Yeah, I think that that's such a good idea is like limiting yourself on social media because it's like, oh my God, like really? I I can't even handle this. And then you're like, you know, sending, you're sharing posts, like look at this idiot. Like they're insane. But so I think that's actually really smart to do is like kind of limit yourself. I think that's really smart. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you need to, if you're getting to the point where there are a ton of people and it's overwhelming and, and you're annoyed with somebody, I mean- unfriend them right if, if it's good for your mental health just just do it right or, so, I know there's like that unfollow button too yeah you can do that I've done that to a lot of people guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like you want to know what I don't want there's actually real stuff happening I don't want to know about your little H-E-B curbside rant because people are dying okay yeah no I hate that but actually that leads me into my next question which is like when you guys have different views on Obviously, like we just said, like Black Lives Matter or, you know, COVID stuff that's going on. Um, You know, I believe in full on educating the shit out of people like, you know what, you're wrong. Like, this is what's happening. Um, But obviously, that can be a really wrong approach. Um, So, yeah, I what would you guys say if like, say I want to educate my family member or my friend, my really close friend, and we don't have the same views um, obviously like I don't, I would really like to share my opinion. What would be like the best method to share my opinion with them without being kind of evil? Yeah. So sharing your opinion, it's it, when sharing your opinion, it's really important to share like your reasoning behind your opinion. So not just stating like, no, this is why, this is why, this is why I'm right. Because an argument is not going to get people to listen. It's going to get people to get defensive and try to back themselves up and what their thoughts on the situation. So maybe if you're trying to change their view, maybe going from it or going at it from an angle where you're saying, you know, these are my beliefs and this is why these are my beliefs. These, this is how it affects me in this way. And that's why I believe what I do. Yeah. Okay. That's good. I think that a lot of us too, also in the Hispanic community, I think that a lot of us, you know, older, you know, genre of Hispanics have certain beliefs. And then there's so many of us that are younger that have shared another belief. And I think we're just so far wanting to educate like our uncles and our, you know, cousins or our friends who don't share that same belief. And I think it's so hard because I think they, they assume that it's an attack. So sometimes it's hard to like, just keep your mouth shut because you, you really do want somebody to see the view 
that they need to be looking at? I mean, granted, are we right or are we wrong? Like, who knows, right? But I would like to assume that I'm very right, but <laughs> also maybe a negative thing to think. <laughs> I mean, we Always. all want to be right, a little part of us. I know, right? We'll just believe it so we feel a little better too. <laughs> um, but so now in times of non-acceptance or like when we feel like we aren't good enough or are you know are there reasons like we cause that mindset in our heads or do all things we think negatively about ourselves usually come from like past experiences or like PTSD like you know stressors I know that I definitely kind of get mad or or feel like I'm not good enough because of things that have happened to me in my past um is that usually the mindset that we have is because of past experiences I mean, it can, it can definitely be from past experiences, but it can also have a lot to do with self-esteem and, and some of the, the self-esteem issues and behaviors, they're learned, they're learned behaviors, they're learned self-talk. So for example, I was talking to a client this week, actually, um, which works out perfectly that you're asking this question, um, that even just should statements make a difference. So what should statements are, are statements that start with, I should, I must, I have to, I need to. So for example, I, need to be perfect or I have to get an A. Um, So statements like that have a certain tone to it and it kind of sets you up for feelings of like anger, frustration, guilt, or shame if if you don't accomplish whatever it is you you say that you're going to do. It also doesn't give you any time for like a hiccup or a speed bump in the road. Like if you get sick um, and you have a deadline due the next day, obviously you're going to be hard on yourself and be like, you know what, I'm I'm worthless. Like I wasn't able to accomplish this or whatever it is you set yourself up to do. So it can even just be self-talk and our brains are wired. Um, our brains are amazing. So even we don't realize how those kind of statements impact us on a daily basis. So reframing that and, and words that you would use instead would be like, I could, I'd like to, I want to, um, or I choose to. So for example, I want to get an A. I would like to be perfect in this area. Um, so it kind of gives you some leeway of, okay, well, if I don't accomplish it, okay, well, it's okay. We're, right. we're human. We make mistakes. And so it's crazy how just those statements alone set us up for, for those kinds of things of non-acceptance and self-esteem. Right. Yeah. I think that that's like something that I grew up also learning too, is that my, I, I remember my grandpa said this one thing to me, I'll never forget, but I know we used to make fun of him after he said this, so it was okay. But, <laughs> you know, I would say, oh my God, grandpa, do you, don't you think I look so pretty? And he would say, um, no, 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 no. Don't you say you're pretty. You're not pretty. You let other people tell you you're pretty. And I was like, oh my God. So it was like, he wanted to teach me how to be humble. But because of that, I was like, I need for people to think that I'm this person. Like I need for them to tell me this or I don't believe it. Yeah. Um, And so that kind of, I get it. Like, I think that's insane that those things happen to us, but I think coming from a different mindset of like, okay, it was my grandpa. Like, come on, like, you know, I said the <laughs> he, wrong thing. I'm sure he meant good by it, but yeah, just those statements. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny when that happens though, when you hear a old, you know, your uncles or like your grandpa, like me say those things, but obviously he comes from the best place uh, that he said that to me. <laughs> You know, what could he do? (laughs) So, you know, something that I hella literally worry about 
is judgment, other people's judgments towards me. Um, and I become aware of how my judgments can also affect others' views towards themselves. So like, why do we do that? Why do we judge ourselves, but then turn around and judge others? Like bullies, like we're literally like bullies. Like, why do we judge so much? Okay. So again, I'm going to go back to culture. So for example, even, or maybe not even just culture, the name of your podcast, Cheeseman and Wine. And in our culture, Hispanic culture, we're all about cheesemas. So for example, mm-hmm. it can be a way to connect with people. And in another way, it can be another way to set ourselves apart from others. So everyone learn differently. It could be um, also your self-esteem of why you're judging others because it goes back to how you think about yourself and if you love yourself. So bullies typically bully because they don't love themselves and they want to drag others down with them to feel the exact same way. And for some odd reason, um, their brain is wired to feel good after they put someone else down. It makes them feel better about themselves. Yeah. I think that as like I got older, um, I started to notice like I need to be putting myself in other people's shoes because I hate when people judge me. So why the heck would I be doing the same to others? I know that I still kind of get in that little headspace where I'm like, ew, like you're literally the worst person ever. I hate you. But then at the same time, it's like, I need to understand where they're coming from. Like, you know, sometimes it's, it's a little difficult to gauge what people are thinking at the same time or like why they think that way, because maybe they were raised that way or maybe they're just yeah. like that type of person. But I know that I have I get really like, oh, like they're judging me. Like they're making me feel like so stressed out. But then at the same time, I'm like, ew, you're doing that wrong. You're not cool. Like that's not right. So I think, yeah, it's, it's how, you know, we perceive everything too. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's essentially it. Right. So gratitude is something that my therapist has really taught me, you know, I think going through a lot of things that you go in your life and through your life, you always pity yourself. And so um, she has taught me to regularly, when I'm so upset or I feel down and insecure, um, to have gratitude. So what are ways you'd suggest people to do to practice gratitude? And like, why do you guys think it is important to have gratitude? So I think gratitude kind of balances everything out for, for people. A lot of times the negatives in life are highlighted for us just naturally like we notice those things a little bit more and we forget the gratitude part we we forget about the good things that have happened so let's say you know all day i have had a great day all these great things has, have happened to me but at the end of the day one thing goes wrong and for some reason my whole day was ruined right right uh. so that gratitude part remembering you know all the smaller things that did go right throughout the day will kind of keep us balanced to where, okay, I, my whole day wasn't horrible, but, you know, there's ups right. and downs and, and that's okay. I would say, you know, creating a routine where you are giving yourself or getting reminders, positive affirmations, whether it's in the morning, midday, um, making a list of things that you're grateful for, um, making a list of maybe accomplishments, uh, for the day at the end of the day or milestones that you've reached, um, not forgetting those things. Cause it can be as simple as, you know what? I had a great night's sleep tonight and that's a good thing. Right. You know, we forget all those little things. I know a lot of the time 
I, yeah. I know I do. I think that like I have a list too that I made that my therapist have me do of like things that you don't you don't realize how actually lucky and how actually blessed you are to have so many things. And you know, I think we only look at the negative too. And so it's so eye-opening when you when you actually like write everything down or actually look at all the positives that you do have. And I think it kind of does help with your mental health on like, I'm really not that bad. Like I'm actually really lucky and I'm actually going doing a really cool thing. Like I'm living my life. I'm doing me. Like a lot of people don't get to do the things that I'm doing. So I, you know, gratitude is something that I, I really learned. So yeah, writing stuff down is also what my therapist has taught me. I think that really helps too. But oh my God, you guys are my first freaking guest. I'm Yay. so excited. So I'm so happy because I think that this is such an important topic. I think you know, talking about mental health, I think a lot of people need, especially right now with, you know, the crisis, the pandemic, you know, racism and everything that's the devil. I think mental health is so, so important to talk about. And I'm so glad that you guys were my first guests and also to, you know, be a professional, you know, have somebody who knows what they're talking about, tell people, you know, what they should kind of be looking at. So thank you guys. Cheers. To you guys for being my guests. Yay. Thank you for having us. Cheers. Yes. Thanks, guys.